How can the Baltimore Ravens save their 2023 season? And how could they potentially destroy it? We talk about both sides coming up next here on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravenswire, here as always on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen each and every single day. We're free and available all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube and anywhere you get your audio podcast. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case. Providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We are a five-day-a-week Ravens podcast. More during the season. We do live episodes after every single Ravens game and after every single piece of Ravens big news. We do Ravens news, analysis, updates, so much more here on this channel. Audio form, video form. We built up a bunch of great communities, so if you have a friend, a family member who's a Ravens fan, they want that Ravens perspective, go tell them. Word of mouth is still huge. I really appreciate everybody, whether you're listening every single day to my shows, if you're first time in or you're somewhere in the middle, thank you for all the support. You can also subscribe over on Subtext for exclusive text conversations and more. But we have a lot to talk about today, as we always do. But it feels a little different, especially after the Ravens 17-10 loss of the Steelers in Week 5. I think that game was just so disappointing, especially after what happened in week three and some of the sloppiness we've seen overall throughout the course of the season for the Ravens, where I think it's time, like they're almost at a bit of a crossroads. And I know it's it's a little early to say that, like I'm not saying that their season is already on life support or their season is already destroyed, right? But there are trends right now that are troubling. And we're going to talk about how the Ravens can save their season by eliminating some of those what's been going on and how they can fix those. And then we'll also look at the other side, right? The good side. Oh yeah. The season's saved and the bad side, which is if it doesn't get fixed, then it gets destroyed. So how can the Ravens fix it? And then what if they don't, what would that lead to? And then the final part of the show, we'll get just into a wrap up of Ravens Steelers before transitioning completely into the Tennessee Titans game, which is in London. The Ravens get to London yesterday and they, uh, go out and Marlon Humphrey posts his hotel room, the Ravens, some, you know, out there shopping in in London. So really important, I'd say, stuff to talk about today. So let's get into it. How can the Ravens save their season? Well, I think people know it's obvious, right, that Baltimore has to clean up the sloppiness. It's something that seems like I've been talking about each and every week. And the thing I've been saying is that it comes in different forms for this Ravens team. So in week one, it was the penalties. Week three, it was the fumbles. Week five, it was the drops. It's not just any one particular issue you can point to. I think what's been so frustrating for people is it's the culmination of all this stuff combined. Where if you could say, oh, they're they're this team that's committing all these penalties or this team that's fumbling all the time or this team that's dropping all these passes, you can focus on that one thing and say, all right, the easy answer is just cut that out of the game plan, which is, you know, not, you know, game plan, all that stuff, but you cut it out and it works, right? Your offense gets a lot better. You put your defense in better situations, but for the Ravens, it's continually cutting out 
all of these factors of sloppiness and some of them more consistently there than others. For example, the penalties were big in week one, haven't been as big of an issue. There's still have been, you know, some bad penalty games from them outside of week one, but it hasn't been a consistent, consistent thing. You could also say the drops, right? The drops weren't a thing until week five. They were actually pretty good in the drop category until week five. But the one that's been there have been the fumbles, the turnovers. And that's been consistent for them, especially starting in week three, where I think that was like the catastrophic, obviously, four fumbles on four drives. The Ravens have to cut all that out. And it's the easy answer, right? How can the Ravens save save their season? They just cut out everything that's bad. But part of that has to do with the preparation and part of it has to do with the execution. As I've talked about on the shows throughout the week and before, I don't blame things all on one person, one positional group, the coaching staff, the players. I, I don't do that. There is blame to go around. Blame is on the coaching staff. Blame is on the players. If you want to get more specific, John Harbaugh is to blame a little bit. You know, Lamar is to blame a little bit. Todd Monk is to blame a little bit. Say Flowers and Nelson Aguilar and Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, the players that were dropping passes that are blamed a little bit. Everybody has some blame to go around. But I think it starts with the head coach getting his guys ready to play. And then from there, it's even if that's not a thing, can the players execute and the players have to go out there and execute? Because there are two sides of the story here. The first side is that John Harbaugh is not out there catching passes. He's not out there fumbling footballs. He's not out there committing penalties. John Harbaugh is not on the field. He's on the sidelines making those decisions. The other side of the coin is that John Harbaugh and the coaching staff does have an impact on the game, such as not calling timeouts in almost consecutive weeks, week three and week five, where there were two big miscommunication issues and it's weird because i think miscommunications kind of come back to haunt this team a little bit in different ways where we were talking so much about the bad communication on, on the defensive side of the ball for a little while there it's gotten a lot better don't get me wrong but a couple of years ago right we were talking about that you know the defense isn't communicating and they're not on the same page and the ravens kept using the word miscommunication right marlon humphrey used it a lot chuck clark used it a lot but now we're back to, oh, there was a miscommunication with Zay Flowers in week three. There was a miscommunication with Tyler Linderbaum in week five. You just, you have to be better. And it's such a, it's a simple solution, but it's so complicated at the same time. I think another way that they can save their season, especially offensively, just to work within the flow of the offense a little better. It's always, it was always going to be an adjustment. I've said that multiple times, but it feels like it's been a little more of one than I expected in a couple of areas, the sloppiness being I'd, I'd say one of those. I thought that, look, if if Lamar gets those guys to catch the balls, and obviously, you know, Lamar can't, like, make them catch the balls. They have to do it themselves. But those throws were pretty on the money, right? They were wide open passes that were on the money. We're not only talking about Lamar Jackson having a much better game than he did. We're talking about Todd Munkin having a much better game than he did. Those pass catchers having a much better game than they did. But part of it, I think – is on the sequence when the Ravens got the ball at the seven-yard line because of their special teams unit. At that point, you're saying, well, all right, just run the ball a couple times, maybe two runs, one pass. You, honestly, what I would have done, and I'm not an offensive coordinator in the NFL, but my, my opinion would have been to run the ball on first down. You could throw the ball an end zone shot on second down and then run the ball again on third down if that doesn't work. And obviously play safe with the football. Don't make any crazy throws, right? But 
they run the ball on first down. Awesome. They get what? I think it was three yards. Then they do the little shovel Mahomes to Kelsey pass, which did not work at all. I think they actually lost the yard. And then it was the goal line red zone fade to Odell, which the throw was bad. I thought the play call was bad. It was just bad all around. You have to work within the flow of your offense in game situations where the Ravens are still a high, they're a high level run team. They're there. They are getting better as a passing offense, right? This is what the Ravens brought Todd Munkin in to do. And you could ask, well, what about defensively? How can they save their season offensively? The Ravens are doing everything defensively to, to save their season right now. The defense is playing at a very high level, especially considering, look, they've had to play opponents that haven't had the best offenses, but they're doing what they should be doing, right? There, there have been some blunders here and there, whether it be with play calling or with execution. I'm not saying the defense has been perfect, but when you look to the cause of the Ravens and their two losses, the difference between them being 5-0 and and being 3-2, and it's the offense and the lack of consistent execution where we have seen the Ravens either start really fast and then there's just not a lot for the rest of the game where they start slow and then they pick it up at some point later in the first half or in the second half. There really has, hasn't been an in-between. I guess the, the closest thing would be the Browns game in week four where they started off pretty slow, came to life at the end of the first half, and then went back to being pretty slow again in the second half just because I think the play calls dictated that because of the score at that point. But, you know, you go slow, fast, slow, but then it could be fast, slow. I, I just want to see a consistent game from the offensive side of the ball where it doesn't even have to be like they score – 50 points a game, right? But just being able to have some consistency from the first half to the second half will, I think, get the offense in more of a rhythm and they can carry that momentum. That, to me, is a big part of saving their season. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll dive into the opposite side of things. We talked about the good side, but talking about the bad. How could they destroy their season if things keep going the way they're going? So be sure to stay tuned for that plan to talk about here on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors and our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Benny Outer, bringing you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to be providing you the players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who's Vinny's picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Matthew Stafford, he's been passing a ton all season long for the Rams, but recorded his first two touchdown game of the season. Only in week five against the Eagles with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell are healthy together as his clear top three wideouts. He'll go to work with an even bigger game at home against the Cardinals pass defense. Sean McVay has his veteran quarterback rolling, and Stafford won't disappoint in week six with his young receivers balling to help Cup. Stafford's quickly become a rejuvenated fantasy asset for 2023 that should have more big days ahead. And again, Benny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football, he's going to help you when you're finishing championship and eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your ride needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, all items, only exclusive supply. We're back here, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you on this midweek edition. The Orioles, unfortunately, get eliminated from the 2023 postseason last night. It was, it's just been a rough couple of days for Baltimore sports, terrible Baltimore sports weekend that has now continued into the week. I mean, 
the Denver Nuggets, my, my basketball team played last night and they won. I, I'm repping the, uh, the logo or one of the logos over there of the, the mountain man. So I guess that was a positive for me, but uh, yeah, rough Ravens weekend, rough Orioles weekend, rough Terps weekend, just all around rough for Baltimore sports. And we're going to now talk about the rough side of, you know, talking about saving the season in the first part of the show. Now we're going to talk about how they could destroy the season in this segment, because I think it's important to look at both sides of things because there are solutions. You know, the Ravens season is not just done right now. They're not done. They're three and two. They're still in a fine spot, but if, things continue the way that they are. If there's not improvement or if there's not enough improvement, it could really start to impact them. And I want to start by strength of schedule because Mike Clay put out a chart and through five weeks, it was the strengths of schedule, the remaining strength of schedule for every NFL team. Baltimore right now currently has the third hardest remaining strength of schedule through five weeks. I'll just read, I'll read through it quickly. They obviously are, are in London to play Tennessee this week. That's classified as an away game for them. But then they have Detroit at home, Arizona away, Seattle at home, Cleveland at home, Cincinnati at home, the Chargers away, their bye week. Then the Rams at home, the Jaguars away, the 49ers away, the Dolphins at home, and the Steelers at home. So there are a lot of good teams in there and teams that I think are overachieving a little bit. Teams that maybe at the beginning of the year we were saying, all right, that's a, that's an easy win, or this should be a game that the Ravens should win. But the Rams are not playing like a team that is, you know, entering a rebuild. Matthew Stafford's played great. They got Cooper Cup back. They're playing better than a lot of people thought they were going to play. The Cardinals are even without Kyler Murray in there and all the talk about they're going to have the first and the second overall pick and everything. Josh Dobbs actually had, and maybe Kyler is back at that point, but Josh Dobbs has been playing really well. The, the Lions, the Lions are playing really good football right now. They're atop the NFC North. Even you could classify the Titans as a team that I, I didn't necessarily think they were going to be very good this year, but they've exceeded my expectations by a little bit. And again, we'll talk about that game coming up in the next couple of days here, but that's going to be key here. But then you have those big games, right? Seattle in Cleveland the second time, Cincinnati the second time, the Chargers, and then Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, and Pittsburgh. That's a lot. And what I've been saying this whole time is that these mistakes that you're having on offense, the penalties, the turnovers, the fumbles, the drops, these are not going to fly against these better offenses. Because we can be honest, you know, two things can be true at the same time. The Ravens' offensive opponents this year have been C.J. Stroud and Zemiko Ryans in their first ever NFL game as a quarterback slash head coach, respectively. The Bengals, with Joe Burrow being hobbled and that offense just not looking right whatsoever, the Colts with Gardner Minshew, their backup in there. The Browns with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, their backup in there. The Steelers with Kenny Pickett and an offense that had been in shambles and still was in shambles during that game. Their offensive opponents have not been, you know, these powerhouses. Now, at the same time, I'm not saying, well, oh, put an asterisk by the Ravens defense. I'm not, I'm not doing that. You play who's in front of you. The Ravens have done their job in defensively. They're still a really good defensive team, regardless of if they're playing these not-so-powerhouse teams or the powerhouse teams. But my point is, with the powerhouse teams, if your offense, if you're the Ravens, if your offense turns over the ball and gives a higher-powered higher offense, I'd say, opportunities, it's going to wear on the Ravens' defense so much more because the Ravens' defense was able to get out of those jams and give the offense chance after chance after chance, and it just wasn't working. If 
you give opposing offenses that are high powered those chances, there is a much higher likelihood that eventually the defense just won't be able to hold on anymore. Like I think we saw in that Steelers game where they did everything they could and, and they kept getting the ball back, kept getting three and outs, but eventually it was just too much and the drops and the turnovers just, you know, 10 points is not enough to win you that game, but the Ravens giving up 17 or I guess 15 when you count the safety should have been enough. And that's something we were talking about for most of the back half of last season when Tyler Huntley was in there saying, well, the Ravens defense was averaging giving up about, I can't remember. It was about 13 points. They were giving up over the last eight weeks of that, that season, but the Ravens offense was only scoring 14 points. So the Ravens defense was giving you performances that win football games. The offense was not. And we're back here again where there just hasn't been enough consistency and if the Ravens continue their sloppy play, teams like the Lions will take advantage. You know, teams like the Dolphins and the 49ers. And if the Bengals hit their stride, which, you know, they looked a lot better against the Cardinals on Sunday, those teams will take advantage because your defense gets tired out and it's not going to be like they're playing a backup quarterback every single week. And you're going to still be able to have an opportunity as an offensive for the Ravens to go out there and win the game. Those games aren't going to be 10 to 8 in the fourth quarter. Those games are going to be 30 to 10 in the fourth quarter if you don't get your act together as an offense. So there's a lot that the Ravens have to do, soul searching wise, on the offensive side of the ball. But the path of destroying their season is if they can't execute and if they can't improve, right? I'm not expecting this to be an overnight change where they never have a fumble again. They never have a penalty. They never have a drop. That's just, that's not realistic. It's going to happen. But it's just been the extremes, the absolute extremes that it's gone to, the Ravens have beaten themselves. That's the difference. I mean, it's the difference between a 5-0 football team and a 3-2 and football team. They've beaten themselves on multiple different occasions, and it's the difference between them being 3-0 in the division, still on top of the division, right? There are all of these what-ifs, and it's the woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? We're not talking about a 5-0 football team. We're talking about a 3-2 and football team. But I do think that what's more likely – the Ravens consistently getting a little better each week and not having these mistakes or them continuing to just have four fumbles a game or seven drops a game or 13 penalties. I'd expect it to be they get a little better and save the season. But there is it's not like they can just automatically guarantee that, yes, yeah, never going to happen again because I'm sure that after the penalty game, everyone wasn't like, oh, okay, well, they're going to have four fumbles in a game now. And that's another excuse. And then they're going to have, seven drops and that's another one too that just can't consistently happen so there are paths to both saving and destroying the season hopefully it's on the saving side because it is getting dicey for them right now and if they can't catch some momentum in the next couple of weeks it's a weird couple of weeks we'll talk about that in the final part of the show with Tennessee and Detroit coming up it could get ugly but they also have the potential to still make this a very special season and we'll see which path they end up choosing. But coming from the final part of the show, we will talk about just the Ravens Steelers wrap up, talk about that big stretch as I mentioned there as well. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot to get to on the show, but first this episode is brought to you by Jace medical and you don't have to be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. And they provide the Jace case. The Jace case actually provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And all it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board of certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from their physicians 
on any treatment-related questions, doctor-created, doctor-recommended. And again, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Again, the Jace case provides those five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They have everything from the online evaluation, a licensed pharmacy medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. We return as our final segment of Locked On Ravens Wednesday edition. Kevin Ostriker still always talking with you here on Locked On Ravens. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Subscribe to audio form as well. Five days a week, Ravens content Monday through Friday. Also, our live shows are live streamed on YouTube after every single game. So it's going to be an earlier one. The Ravens play at 930 against the Tennessee Titans in week six. So probably go live around. I don't know, 1231 to so somewhere around then after I get everything situated and sorted out. And I wait, you know, I always like to wait to get you know, coach quotes out there, player quotes out there before we go live. But it's really fun. The live shows you can engage with the chat. And if you miss it live, you can still catch it in the replay video form or audio form. You can also subscribe over on subtext for exclusive text conversations, exclusive content over there and so much more. But the Ravens lose to Pittsburgh 17-10 in Week 5. I just want to do a quick wrap-up before we officially move on from this one. I know people don't want to keep talking about it. We're not going to talk about it for the whole segment. It's just a few small things, but then we'll get into the big stretch I talked about there. For the Ravens, their defense did a really good job. They held the Steelers to 2.9 yards per carry as a whole. The one play, George Pickens had a 16-yard carry, so he averaged 16 yards per carry. But other than that, I mean, I thought the Ravens' defense did do a pretty solid job. Jalen Warren diced him up a little bit, though. 4.4 yards per carry for Jalen Warren, 9 for 40, including a 16-yarder. that he, he was gashing the Ravens on a couple of drives. But Najee Harris could do nothing against them for the most part, and he was their leading rusher. Najee Harris is interesting over there in Pittsburgh. But then receiver-wise, George Pickens had – a heck of a game. Six catches, 130 yards, averaged 21.7 yards per catch, which is a lot in that one touchdown on Marlon Humphrey at the end of the game. I, I still don't know where the health is from Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey. They didn't look 100% in this game. Again, they got injured. Those are pretty decently serious injuries, the pec injury and the foot injury for Williams and Humphrey, respectively. I don't think they're going to be 100 100%, but I don't know where they are with those injuries to the point where do they need a little more time to rest? What's the situation with them? We'll end up seeing if Morgan Moses can come back this week, but the offensive line didn't really have a great game. And there was a conversation we had now about Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley had a terrible game. I think he had 11 pressures given up. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not exactly sure, but that I think that's the number I read. That's not good. I mean, the rest of the offensive line was okay when it came to pressures. Ronnie Stanley was was abysmal. That's a really big point for the Ravens. You have to get, even if it's not all pro play out of Ronnie Stanley, even, even if it's not pro bowl play out of Ronnie Stanley, you have to get at least solid play. You can't have that. That fumble, I, there, was, there was always a debate on whether those strip sacks or the quarterback's fault or the offensive line's fault. I, again, I tend to say it's a little of both. I thought Lamar should have had a little more awareness that there was a rusher coming hot at him, but Ronnie Stanley is completely whiffed on the block. Like it, it was not good. McCarry gets injured. Daniel Falele has to come in and Falele struggled a little bit. And again, the Ravens in the past two weeks have played vaunted pass rushes, miles Garrett, TJ Watt. That's not easy, but 
that's the division they're in, right? You have to be able to block those guys and block them consistently to make sure that, again, as we kind of saw over the past couple of seasons, Lamar's clock doesn't get sped up and he's able to be cool, confident, and collected. And so far he has been. I think he's actually responded pretty well to pressure and just making things happen and being dialed in. But it can't be him getting pressured consistently. I think the offensive line had a much better game in week four against Cleveland than week five against Pittsburgh. But they they have to get more consistent play out of, especially Ronnie Stanley. Offensively, again, the Ravens averaged 10.7 yards per catch. Could have been a lot more at the drops, but that the story is just drops. I mean, really, they had a couple of penalties in this one, but Lamar finishes 22 with 38 for 236, no touchdowns, one interception. I did run the numbers. I promised I would run the numbers on Lamar after week five ended. I ran the numbers on Lamar and his completion percentage, and he has right now through five weeks, his actual completion percentage is 69.9%. But if all seven of those drop passes were caught, he'd be number one in the league at 74.8. And for those who think he would have had eight drop passes, I ran those numbers as well. He would have had 75.5 completion percentage if all eight of those passes were caught. So again, it's what it could have showed that they weren't caught and you know you can't dwell on it or whatever. But it still is just very disheartening the way that that game went because it was such an opportunity for him. I really thought that they could have gone up 3-0 in the division. and. To win all three of those games on the road would have just been so huge and so monumental for them. But at the end of the day, they just could not capitalize on the mistakes the Steelers made. They were making their own mistakes, and the Ravens' defense had to kind of drag the offense through the game. And it just felt like it's, it's felt like, honestly, for most of the season, it's been dragging the offense through the game for the Ravens defensively. It's okay that the Ravens offense is not where they need to be right now. Again, what, what your goal is, is that you work out all this stuff now. And then by late October, early November, you know, heading into December, you're peaking then it's okay to not peak now. In fact, you don't want to peak now. You don't want to have that come down happen in November, December, January, you want to have the peak, the, the rising arc of that come up in November, December, January, you, you want to play your best football in January. So there is time for the Ravens offense to figure it out. But in this game, it's just unfortunate that the execution wasn't there. There were a couple of blunders miscommunication wise, coaching wise, as John Harbaugh alluded to, and Tyler Linderbaum owned up for that mistake. But it's just getting your guys on the same page. And it has felt like in certain moments, especially in the Steelers game, that wasn't the case. There was frustration all around. Lamar slamming his helmet, Rashad Bateman slamming his helmet. I'm sure Lamar was fed up with all the drops. I mean, he was making good passes throughout the entire course of the game. Mostly the interception was not a good throw. I'm not <laughs> defending that throw. But we wouldn't even be in that situation if Lamar had his receiver step up and catch one of the three, maybe even four touchdowns that were dropped. So Lamar had a good game in this one, despite what the box score says. The receivers did not. Seven drops is an absurd number. It's absolutely crazy. But hopefully they'll be able to kind of shake that and have a much more consistent offensive game against the Titans abroad in week six. But that's what it is. They have to go through all this travel and play the Titans early at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. I'm sure you know that they'll have had some ability to adjust to the time zone difference over there being over there now. But then you have to fly back and adjust again and then play a really good Lions team at home. So it's going to be interesting. I would probably predict one and one for the Ravens 
at this point in that stretch. If it's 0-2, it's disaster. 2-0, and obviously, you're feeling pretty good. But it's a big little mini stretch here because there are a couple of mini stretches. Obviously, the, the first one just concluded with the three AZ North Road games. But then it's this little stretch here, the abroad stretch, and then late in the season, right after their bye, when they have to go Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, Pittsburgh to end the year. That's another big one, too. But that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. I appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, follow along, audio, video form, however you prefer to listen. Let me get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.